Chapter Sixteen of The Gloved Hand by Burton E. Stevenson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Sixteen, Miss Vaughan's Story. Sylvester was still bending in ecstasy over those strange fingerprints, the absorbed ecstasy of the collector who has come unexpectedly upon a specimen wonderful and precious. Well he said looking up at last i have learned something new to-day these prints shall have the place of honour they might not be a means of identification among the thugs but i'll wager there's no collection in america that has a set like them they're unique but not in the least like the photographs put in goldberger dryly no and sylvester flushed a little as he felt himself jerked from his hobby none of the prints we have taken this afternoon resemble the photographs in any way but those made by swain do resemble them it is more than a resemblance they are identical with them what inference do you draw from that it is more than an inference sylvester retorted it is a certainty i am willing to swear that the fingerprints on the robe worn by the murdered man were made by frederick swain you realize the serious nature of this assertion asked the coroner slowly i realize it fully and that realization does not cause you to modify it in any way it cannot be modified said sylvester firmly however serious it may be however reluctant i may be to make it it cannot be modified because it is the truth there was a moment's silence then goldberger turned to me have you any questions to ask the witness mr lester no i answered i have none sylvester bent again above his prints while the coroner and the prosecutor held a brief consultation then goldberger turned back to me have you anything further mr lester he asked our evidence is all in i believe i was driven to my last entrenchment i should like to call miss vaughan i said if dr hinman thinks she is strong enough swain's chair creaked as he swung toward me no no he whispered angrily don't do that spare her that but i waved him away for it was his honour and welfare i had to consider not miss vaughan's convenience and turned to dr hinman who was evidently struggling between two duties one was his duty to his patient the other his duty to a man cruelly threatened whom his patient's testimony might save well what do you say doctor asked the coroner miss vaughan is no doubt able to testify said the doctor slowly but i should like to spare her as much as possible couldn't her deposition be taken privately i think you mentioned something of the sort goldberger looked at me i shall be satisfied i said to question her in the presence of mr goldberger reserving the right to put her on the stand should i deem it necessary to do so very well agreed the doctor i will prepare her and he hurried away toward the house swain was gripping my arm savagely see here mr lester he said in my ear his voice shaking with anger i'm in deadly earnest about this take miss vaughan's deposition if you wish but under no circumstances shall she be hauled before this crowd in her present condition and compelled to testify why not i asked surprised at his vehemence because in the first place her testimony can't help me and in the second place i won't have her tortured she wouldn't be tortured look around at these reporters and these photographers and then tell me she wouldn't be tortured how do you know her evidence won't help you how can it 
it will confirm your story can it explain away the fingerprints at the words i suddenly realized that there was one person within striking distance of the murdered man whose prints we had not taken his daughter not that they were necessary dr hinman appeared at the edge of the lawn and beckoned as i arose from my chair swain gave my arm a last savage grip remember he said but i kept my lips closed if miss vaughan really loved him and could help him i would not need to urge her to the stand goldberger joined me and together we followed hinman into the house and up the stairs he opened the door at the stairhead waited for us to precede him followed us into the room and closed the door gently miss vaughan was half sitting half reclining in a large chair the blinds were drawn and the room in semi-darkness but even in that light i could see how changed she was from the girl of whom i had caught a glimpse two days before her face was dead white as though every drop of blood had been drained from it her eyes were heavy and puffed as from much weeping and it seemed to me that there still lingered in their depths a shadow of horror and shrinking fear this is mr goldberger said the doctor and this is mr lester she inclined her head up to each of us as we took the chairs the doctor drew up and i fancied that her cheeks flushed a little as her eyes met mine i have explained to miss vaughan the doctor continued that an inquiry is in progress as the law requires to determine the manner of her father's death and that her story of what happened that night is essential to it it will at least be a great help to us said goldberger gently and i saw how deeply the girl's delicate beauty appealed to him it was a beauty which no pallor could disguise and goldberger's temperament was an impressionable one i shall be glad to tell you all i know said miss vaughan but i fear it will not help you much will you tell us something first of your father's mental state i suggested for many years she began father had been a student of mysticism and until quite recently he remained merely a student i mean by that that he approached the subject with a detached mind and with no interest in it except a scientific interest i understand i said and that has changed recently it has changed completely in the last few months he became a disciple a convert anxious to win other converts a convert to what to hinduism to the worship of siva that is the cult to which francisco silva belongs yes he is a white priest of siva and this change in your father has been since the coming of this man yes do you know anything of him only that he is a very wonderful man you know nothing of his past no did your father wish you to become a convert yes he desired it deeply a priestess of siva i believe it is called yes and the yogi also desired it he believed it would be a great destiny but he urged it only for my father's sake so you determined to appeal to mr swain the colour deepened in her cheeks again i decided to ask his advice she said please tell us what happened that evening mr swain met me at the arbour in the corner of the grounds as i had asked him to and convinced me that my father's mind had given way under his long study of the occult we decided that he should be placed in a sanitarium where he could have proper attention and mr swain was to make the necessary arrangements all i would have to do would be to sign some papers we were just saying good-night when my father appeared at the entrance of the arbour that was about midnight was it not yes why did you choose that hour for the meeting because at that hour my father and the yogi were always engaged in invoking an astral benediction 
even i who knew the significance of the words paused a little at them the doctor and goldberger were hopelessly at sea after all the words were a very good description of the weird ceremony well i said and after your father appeared what happened he was very excited and spoke to mr swain in a most violent manner mr swain attempted to take me away from him not knowing at first who it was had seized me but i pushed him back and led my father away toward the house did mr swain touch your father no i was between them all the time i was determined that they should not touch each other i was afraid if they came together that something terrible would happen goldberger glanced at me something terrible to your father he asked oh no she answered quickly mr swain would not have harmed my father but father did not know what he was doing and might have harmed mr swain it was my turn to look at goldberger after you left the arbor i asked did you see mr swain again no i did not see him again you went straight to the house yes father was still very violent he had forbidden me to see mr swain or to write to him he had taken a violent dislike to him do you know why yes and she flushed a little but went on bravely he believed that mr swain wished to marry me as in fact he did i commented yes or at least he did before his financial troubles came after that he wished to give me up but you refused to be given up yes she said and looked at me with eyes beautifully radiant i refused to be given up i felt that i was rushing in where angels would hesitate to enter and beat a hasty retreat was your father always opposed to your marriage i asked no he has wanted me to wait until i was of age but he never absolutely forbade it until a few months ago it was at the time he first tried to persuade me to become a convert to hinduism what occurred after you and your father reached the house father was very angry and demanded that i promise never to see mr swain again when i refused to promise he sent me to my room forbidding me to leave it without his permission i came up at once more than ever convinced that father needed medical attention i was very nervous and overwrought and i sat down by the window to control myself before going to bed and then suddenly i remembered something the yogi had told me that father was not strong and that a fit of anger might be very serious i knew the servants had gone to bed and that he must be downstairs alone since i had heard no one come up you had heard no one in the hall at all i asked no i had heard no one but i remember as i started down the stairs a curious feeling of dread seized me it was so strong that i stood for some moments on the top step before i could muster courage to go down at last i did go down and and found my father she stopped her hands over her eyes as though to shut away the remembrance of that dreadful night have you the strength to tell me just what happened miss vaughan i asked gently she controlled herself with an effort and took her hands from her face yes she said i can tell you i remember that i stood for a moment at the door looking about the room for at the first glance i thought there was no one there i thought for an instant that father had gone into the grounds for the curtain at the other door was trembling a little as though someone had just passed ah i said and looked at goldberger it might have been merely the breeze might it not he asked i suppose so the next instant i saw my father huddled forward in his chair i was sure he had had a seizure of some sort i ran to him and raised his head again she stopped her eyes covered and a slow shudder shook her from head to foot i could guess what a shock the sight of that horrible face had been i do not remember anything more she added in a whisper 
for a moment we all sat silent the only portion of her evidence which could in any way help swain was her discovery of the swaying curtain and even that as goldberger had pointed out might easily mean nothing miss vaughan i said at last how long a time elapsed from the moment you left your father in the library until you found him i don't know perhaps fifteen minutes was he dead when you found him yes i-i think so then i said to goldberger the murder must have been committed very soon after miss vaughan came upstairs yes agreed goldberger in a low tone and by somebody who came in from the grounds since she met no one in the hall and heard no one miss vaughan leaned toward him her hands clasping and unclasping do you know who it was she gasped have you found out who it was we suspect who it was answered goldberger gravely tell me she began wait a minute miss vaughan i broke in tell me first did you hear anyone following you across the garden yes she answered thoughtfully once or twice i fancied that someone was following us it seemed to me i heard a step but when i looked back i saw no one did that fact make you uneasy no she said with a little smile i thought it was mr swain i saw goldberger's sudden movement i myself could not repress a little shudder you thought that would be the natural thing for mr swain to do did you not the coroner inquired yes i thought he might wish to see me safe then she stopped leaning forward in her chair and staring first at goldberger and then at me what is it she whispered her hands against her heart oh what is it you don't mean you can't mean oh tell me it isn't fred you suspect it can't be fred it was dr hinman who laid a gentle and quieting hand upon her shoulder and it was his grave voice which answered her yes he said there are some things which seem to implicate mr swain but both mr lester and i are certain he isn't guilty we're going to prove it she looked up at him with a grateful smile thank you she gasped i-wait a moment i was silly to give away so of course you will prove it it's absurd and then she stopped and looked at goldberger do you believe it she demanded goldberger flushed a little under her gaze i don't know what to believe miss vaughan he said i am searching for the truth so are we all i said i am counsel for mr swain miss vaughan and i have come to you hoping that your story would help to clear him oh i wish it might she cried you know mr swain cut his wrist as he came over the wall that night yes he told me he didn't know it was bleeding at first then he felt the blood on his hand and i wrapped his wrist in my handkerchief was it this handkerchief asked goldberger and took from his pocket the blood-stained square and handed it to her she took it with a little shiver looked at it and passed it back to him yes she said that is it then she sat upright her clenched hands against her breast staring at us with starting eyes i remember now she gasped i remember now i saw it a blotch of red lying on the floor beside my father's chair how did it get there mr lester had he been there did he follow us she stopped again as she saw the look in goldberger's eyes and then the look in mine with a long indrawn breath of horror she cowered back into the chair shaking from head to foot oh what have i done she moaned what have i done there could be no question as to what she had done i told myself bitterly she had added another link to the chain of evidence about her lover i could see the same thought in the sardonic gaze which goldberger turned upon me but before either of us could say a word the doctor 
with a peremptory gesture had driven us from the room end of chapter sixteen read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com